It's the show the establishment warned you about. That's it. It's Dr. Tommy Show. Welcome. This is the Good Friday edition of the Dr. Tommy Show. We're glad you're here. If you want to join us online at drtommy.com slash podcast, you have all the different options there, video, audio, and streaming on live on Rumble. Broadcasting as usual from the free state of Florida from Echelon Health Studios in the heart of Florida, Tampa. We have Florida news, we have Tampa news, we have national news, and of course we have transgender news because what day is not complete without a transgender update? And uh, today I wanted to talk first of all about the transgender uh, manifesto that has not occurred yet. As you all know, I predicted last week that there would be no transgender manifesto made public, at least not in its nearly original form. Uh, this is your host last week talking I, about I this. we're going to have a uh, unredacted manifesto from this, this uh, murderous person. Because I don't think it's going to fit the narrative. And like I said, the narrative is that transgenderism is just just a wholesome thing then everybody should get involved children should get involved especially and but there is known that if you do not uh, support it wholeheartedly and full-throatedly you are basically a terrorist and i think this woman that shot these children and these adults i think that's what that's what she was probably feeling like so that's it is we have no transgender manifesto we're likely never to see the transgender manifesto i, I doubt we're going to have because a, uh, of the uh, implications that it has for uh, the transgender community person which are not good so what we'll do with is uh, we'll have to deal with uh, further um, just more and more of this transgender propaganda pushed down our throats without having any uh, real come to uh, come to Jesus about what it's all about this is from Lloyd Billingsley in American Greatness and he's writing about a manifesto destiny and then he says that they're um, that the uh, the transgender community is against coming out with this uh, the against this manifesto coming out. And he says here, this is according to uh, children of lesbians and gays elsewhere. Collage told Newsweek it should not be published. Jordan Budd, the uh, executive director of Collage, uh, said told Newsweek the focus should be on how this was able to happen in the first place, and there should not be such easy access to deadly weaponry. So here we go. Blaming the gun owners, blaming those of you out there who have a gun at home for self-defense or for those of you who are collectors or like to go shoot up cans or shoot up Budweiser cases after they uh, put a dude in a bikini and use him as the uh, new spokesperson for Bud Light, as Kid Rock did. So it's your fault. So it's your fault that these uh, people who are probably mentally uh, deranged, who are pushed into... uh, taking medications to alter their very being uh, hormonally so that they can become a different sex or a different gender. And then uh, these people shoot up schools and they're pushed into this kind of uh, psychosis, if you will, uh, by the media. Uh, The media encourages us all along. They uh, make these people out to be put upon, just like we were talked about before. The left always has to find those in the community who are the victims, the victims that are going to be saved by the government or saved by whatever social justice warrior community uh, activist group is out there going to save them. So in this case, it's the transgender community and the transgender community. They're being told are, are, are being eradicated. 
they're, they're trying to be eradicated by who? The hateful Christians out there who seek to protect children from transgender ideology in schools and also protect them potentially from having their genitals removed or their breasts removed or given uh, hormones to change their, change their body composition at an early age, probably with irreversible effects, if not irreversible psychological effects. But you're the problem there. You're the, according to this person at, uh, at Collage, Jordan Budd, it's you because you want access to deadly weaponry, or as they like to say, uh, the the militaristic weapons, or what do they say? They, they say weapons of war. That's what it is. It's the weapons of war. So in their mind, a weapon of war is, is what's causing these shootings, and it's not uh, this person who was deranged. And we're not going to have the manifesto come out, like I said, because it's not it's not conducive to a narrative that says transgenderism is nothing but wholesome good fun and changing children's uh, psychology and, and mental uh, makeup early age at an early age with testosterone and estrogen and don't think that doesn't happen it happens so badly that you probably have irreversible effects who would ever think that it's reasonable to give a child hormones that will change their body in such a way that they grow breasts if they're if they're male or if they grow a beard if they're a female i mean that's that's the hormonal part of it and then you go and add on to the uh the the uh, the surgical parts of it but you see if you oppose that then you're part of the problem you're part of the problem it says also weighing in was p flag parents families and friends of lesbians and gays see that's how it is you're a friend a family and friend of a lesbian and gays so look i i have a I don't have a family. I have a family member, a friend, and I'm not a parent, but I have a friend and a family member who is gay. Okay. I also have a gun. That doesn't mean that I am against these people, but listen to this. It says also weighing in was parents, families, and friends of lesbians and gays. The first and largest organization dedicated to supporting, educating, and advocating for LGBTQ plus people and their families told Newsweek that the uh, release of the manifesto could cause a contagion and the contents don't change the outcome of the tragedy. So what they're afraid of is that if you release this manifesto, it's going to be clear what the intent of this uh, shooter was. And the intent was to get back at Christians, that it was an anti-Christian hate crime. And that's what we're not going to be allowed to know because that is not part of the narrative. Like I said, the narrative is transgenderism is good, wholesome fun. It's good for children. It's good for everybody. And if you oppose it, you're a piece of garbage and a terrorist. But if you uh, support it, then you're a, you're a parent, a family, and a friend of gays and lesbians. And they don't want to risk a contagion because there's going to be, as we know, a backlash. It's the same thing you saw after 9-11. Uh, the, the first thing that the Bush administration came out and said, we don't want to have a backlash. And that was their big problem was they was they didn't want to have the backlash. And they were they were hoping against the backlash uh, of these angry white people that were going to come out against uh, Muslim members of their communities and just, you know, uh, go back to the old days and just, you know, string them up and, and uh, execute them on site. Well, that never happened. And this never happened here is either with uh, lesbians or gays or bisexuals or whoever. But that's what they always have to say is, well, we have to protect against that. Charles Moran of the Log Cabin Republicans advocates for LGBTQ plus Americans warned of the serious consequences of the manifesto was released to the public. And what serious consequences are there? That people may be turned on to the fact that if you uh, do these things to a child 
and and you and you uh, uh, allow them to be taken by the uh, by the uh, people out in the healthcare community who are pro transgenderism that you may damage them irreversibly. Is that what the is that what the uh, problem is? That's what the serious consequences are potentially. My way is probably talking about the serious consequences of transgender violence because. Like I said, that's what they're always worried about instead of worrying about what the actual problem was. The actual problem was this person who shot up these children in cold blood. I mean, what kind of animal, what kind of sick terrorist animal piece of shit shoots up children? I mean, at least like like Tracy said, at least be it, be a man, be a woman, whatever you are, fight them. You know, they're, they're kids. But now you shoot them with a with a semi-automatic rifle. What kind of weakling are you? What kind of sick, perverted piece of crap are you that's rotting in hell right now? That you're going to shoot up children. But what we're supposed to do is we have to be worried. We have to be worried about the backlash. If we release the manifesto, we can't be learning about if this is a hate crime or not. Not that I care about if it's a hate crime because a hate crime doesn't mean anything to me. A hate crime is just a way, like I said last week, of punishing thought. And uh, but this is what the the uh, official mouthpiece for the um, the Biden administration has to say about the hate crime situation. You know, she she says that uh, it's not for us to know. It's not for us to talk about it. Um, Crayon Jean-Pierre, when asked about the hate crime, said that, you know, this is not something that's on her bucket list or on her uh, list of things. Um, Former Vice President Pence said that if the shooter who killed six people uh, in that Christian school in Tennessee was motivated motivated by a hatred towards Christians, that the crime should be categorized as a hate crime. I'm wondering what the president thinks of that kind of designation. It's not for us to decide. It's not for us to decide. So it's not for us to decide if it's a hate crime or not. It's not for us to decide. Of course not. Now, if this was a other any other way around, if this could potentially at all be tied to uh, MAGA or a white Christian or any type of non-leftist community member, then of course this would be categorized immediately as a hate crime. There would be congressional testimony about it. There would be uh, action across the board from your your typical weak need Republicans, um, such as uh, Mitt Romney and um, and uh, Lindsey Graham, and your your typical rhinos would be out there professing that they want to work across the aisle to help eliminate these hate criminals from our, our communities and uh, do everything they have in their power as uh, members of the governing class to rule over us and take care of this uh, scum that's uh, out there. But instead, if it's a white Christian or any type of Christians, not only have to be white, if it's Christians that are being massacred, we don't have to worry about it because that's that's not for them to worry about. That's not for them to say. That's not for it's not for us here. to decide. You know, that's not for her to say. So we'll never see the manifesto, I don't think, in any of its original form. Um, according, This is from the back to this article. It says uh, this person, Charles Swope, who is, who is this person? That's the thing about these articles. You have to go back and find out who the person was. According to the councilman, the manifesto is going to be released. It's just a matter of when. There are some incredibly brilliant psychological minds and psychological analysis coming through her entire life. Relatives of the victims, meanwhile, have reason to be wary of FBI involvement. 
Swope told the New York Post that the FBI Behavioral Analyst Unit is working in tandem with the Nashville uh, Police Department to complete a very in-depth analysis of certain aspects of the shooter's life. Which aspects? Swope did not say. Who was Swope? I'm going to find out. Okay. Nashville City Councilman Robert Swope, who worked as a Tennessee State Director for Donald Trump and now heads the city's Public Safety, Beer, and Regulated Beverages Committee. So anyway, this guy says that the FBI is working in tandem. So what the FBI is doing is basically making this thing uh, sanitized enough for release. And what, the, but the, what it's going to come out of saying is, this, if anything, the manifesto is going to say, look, this person had access to guns, uh, probably need to get rid of the guns, and uh, nothing about Christians that we could find in her manifesto. Just uh, maybe she watched a Donald Trump video at some point and uh, just get rid of the guns. So we'll see. But like I said last week, there's not going to be any manifesto in its close to original form scene. And on the tails of that uh, information, here we have from The Blaze today, April 7th. It says, transgender teenager arrested for allegedly plotting manifesto, uh, a murder attack on schools and churches had written manifesto. So I did a little search on CNN about this because I knew that this should be covered, right, CNN? So what I searched was... Uh, Transgender Colorado and came up with nothing. So I'm going to trans, trans, transgender Colorado, uh, let's say this, attack. And go. Nothing. What we did find, though, was from December 3rd of 2022, a transgender man was arrested and charged for threatening a Boston doctor who provides care to the transgender community. So they see how they frame things right there. So here we go. Back to the blaze. <clears throat> transgender teenager arrested for allegedly plotting Mass murder attack on schools and churches had written manifesto. Law enforcement officials arrested a transgender person they believed was plotting a mass murder attack on schools and churches in Colorado Springs. The 18th Judicial Attorney's Office said on Thursday that a member of the teenager of a teenager named William Whitworth, who identified as Lily, because that's important, contacted law enforcement because of a threat Whitworth made to shoot up a school. So we have to step back and say, why are these people so angry? What about it? What about it is causing people to be angry in these transgender communities? And you may say, "Well, you're you're just you're just picking on the transgender communities." No, I'm serious. What is it about the transgender community that is making them so angry that they want to shoot up schools? I think the reason, in part, is because of the amount of attention that the media gives to the transgender community and their anger. And if they're not angry by themselves, reading articles like the one that I just read, a Texas man was arrested and charged for threatening and a Boston doctor provides care to the transgender community, that's only used to gin up more and more anger against anybody who opposes anything having to do with transgenderism. So if you take someone who's mentally unwell, mentally unstable, you take someone who is taking hormones that have changed their personalities potentially, and I have given hormones to people who have a hormone deficiency like low testosterone. And I've given hormones to men who have low testosterone. And when you give hormones to men who have low testosterone, there is a chance that you can cause them to have high estrogen. Okay. And when you do that, it can cause them to uh, feel different because that's not normally what they have. Normally men have fairly low estrogen and fairly high testosterone, at least in comparison to a woman. 
So if you take a man who's supposed to have a normal amount of testosterone and you're supplementing it because it's too low and it goes too high, and then some of that testosterone gets converted to estrogen, well, then they have changes. And some of these people have complained of things like feeling anxious, feeling sad, feeling tired. Uh, those are some of the main things, in addition to some other physiological things like itching and so forth. Why do I say all that? Well, that's taking a man who has male hormones normally, raising his hormones to a normal level, and some of it bleeds over to uh, causing him to have some side effects such as anxiety, uh, uh, feeling sad, and, and uh, feeling fatigued, only from a little bit of bleed over estrogen. Now, take a person who is not supposed to have because they are not a male or a female, uh, certain hormones. So take a female, for instance, and say, okay, well, normally your testosterone runs about 50 to 150, let's say, total. Now we're going to change it to where your testosterone is that of a man's. And because, uh, you know, we, we want you to, you know, feel like you are, you know, you feel like a man, we're going to get your testosterone up there around 1,100 or more, which is where a man's top end of normal is. Are you to tell me that doesn't cause any problems? I mean, I'm not saying that over time you may adjust to it. I'm certain that can happen. And I'm not saying that there are people out there who have successfully had a transgender transformation. But what I am saying is that if you take someone who's mentally unstable, and because the new thing in the media now is to be transgender, you see all these kids now, there's a, there's a, uh, not even the kids, there's a record number of people who identify as transgender. And I think the reason a lot of that is, is because it's trendy now. And you say, well, you're, you're being, uh, you're, 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 you're just dismissing people's feelings. And that's, uh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that whatever percentage of people out there who are transgender, quote unquote, who feel like they need to be another sex and who successfully change into that, that number is not indicated by the number of people currently who profess to be transgender, who who identify as transgender, and who are being treated for being transgender. So there is a lot of people out there, there are a lot of people out there who are feeling different things, maybe normal teenage adjustment, God forbid their children, and they, you know, play in the mud and you know, want to wear jeans instead of a skirt, and then their parents try to switch them over. But more people are being identified and treated and encouraged to be transgender because it's trendy now. And you take someone who's vulnerable mentally, maybe because they're having mental health issues, and you say, look, get on these hormones. They're going to change the way you feel about yourself. And you get on the hormones and maybe you do feel a little bit better. Maybe you feel a little bit worse, but maybe you do have side effects. Maybe your testosterone is normally 150 and now it's a thousand and you're feeling pretty damn aggressive. And you see this article about a Texas man was arrested and charged for threatening a Boston doctor who provides care to the transgender community. And then you see that there's an article again by the, by the media that says, um, Ron DeSantis has, has signed some bill that will prevent children from having transgender care. And then you see some other article that says there's a church that is praying for people who have uh, gender dysmorphia and praying for them that they don't that they do not subject their children. To trans- and then you say, well, God damn it. I am going to shoot this church up. I'm going to show those Christians, but we're not supposed to think that at all. That never happens. 
Hoover's boys don't ever want you to think that happens because that is against the narrative, like I said, that transgenderism is just wholesome goodness. And that's what we have to worry about is that the media and the corporations and whoever the hell is behind big transgender health, it just so happens that some of the same people who are behind big abortion, Planned Parenthood is doubly big into getting into the transgender bandwagon because of the money. And they are subjecting people who are having problems to encourage them to join this community without any type of, uh, without, without proper guidance potentially, and then causing these problems. Causing these problems, like this transgender person. It says, this is back to the Blaze article, transgender teenager arrested for allegedly plotting mass murder attack on schools and church had written manifesto. Once entering the home, there was trash piled up all around the house to where it made it hard to walk inside. The investigators wrote, there were numerous containers filled with half-eaten food and mold growing inside and numerous alcoholic beverages uh, laying around the house. Now, does that sound like a just wholesome goodness? Police spoke to Whitworth. Uh, this is the Whitworth is the person who, who reportedly said, I'm a little drunk, by the way, during the questioning. While waiting for the fire department to show up, Lily was asked how long she'd been planning the school shooting. And Lily stated she had been about a third of the way from doing it, the police said. Whitworth allegedly told police that Timberview Middle School was a target, as well as some churches. Oh, interesting, huh? And what's the interesting thing about schools and churches? What? They're they're gun-free zones, generally, right? At least all schools are, except for maybe a uh, resource officer. The charging document also says that uh, uh, Whitworth allegedly admitted to writing a manifesto and going through active firearm training in addition to mapping out the school. Whitworth was charged with two counts of criminal attempt to commit murder in the first degree, criminal mischief, menacing, and interference with staff, faculty, or students of educational institutions. Teenager had a bond set of $75,000 and is scheduled for a court hearing on May 5th. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, so there we go. That's your transgender update. So, but what do we have to take from all this is that basically transgenders enjoy transgender privilege. And the reason why I say that is because there's none of the usual, uh, there's none of the usual scrutiny given to a transgender potential criminal than there is to a regular criminal. Now, this person happened to be stopped. But if you look at the media, the media says, hands off, we can't have transgenders being, uh, we cannot have transgenders being uh, uh, held to account for anything. This manifesto cannot be released. This, that this uh, human uh, trash that shut up these children last week, that can't be released. And then you have this thing with this, uh, what's his name? Transgender Budweiser person. Uh that is now the the face of transgenderism for uh, I guess TikTok. TikTok. Uh what's his name? I don't know. Anyway, this person that's now the uh Dylan. Dylan uh something Mulvaney. This transgender person who is walking around as Travis Harry or I'm sorry, um Buck Sexton and uh Travis. Uh, anyway. How 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 um He's walking around as a character, a caricature of a woman. 
And basically, he is doing what blackface has done in the past for black people to women. And um, the, 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 the way that they're able to do this is really insulting to women. So if you take this guy, this Dylan Mulvaney, who is now the face of, like I said, Bud Light. He's sponsored by Bud Light and now also Nike. And you put him on the, as held him up as a, as a, as a picture of a woman. And they do the same thing for transgenders and other parts of the media um, by giving them awards for women. They give awards to women uh, for women designated for women to men who now claim that they're women. And this is an ultimate slap in the face. If you're any type of feminist like JK Rowling, this should be a slap in the face. But if you're on the left and the left claims feminists as part of their gang, so to speak, but the left also claims transgenders as part of their gang, so to speak. Well, then you have this problem where you have to kind of, you have to, you have to kind of suck it up. And so, uh, you have this issue where you have a man, a white man, Dylan Mulvaney dressing up as a caricature of a woman, an ugly woman at that. And uh, then becoming the face of uh, women's uh, becoming the face of women's athletic wear for Nike, but also promoting Bud Light as a woman. And it should be a slap in the face to women. And like I said, this is uh, this is this is similar to what men or white people were accused of doing of putting on blackface back in the day. Um, so this is this is the modern day what uh, Clay Travis called woman face. You're, you're, you're putting on a woman's face. You're putting on a character of a woman, kind of making fun of a woman and pretending to be a woman as this Dylan Mulvaney person has done. And this is what he looks like. It doesn't look like any woman that I would ever want to associate with in a romantic way, but this is it. This is, if you're watching, here's some pictures. So it's this kind of silly looking cartoonish image of what a woman would be. Um, Very high eyebrows. Ridiculous smile. And ridiculous, just over the top. But this is, this is where we're at today in America where feminists have to suck it up and say, yes, this in fact is a woman. This is what we are fighting for as feminists is so that white men can walk around in dresses and lipstick with penises and call themselves women and get awards for being women and getting, getting paid for being women, getting paid big money. But that's it. Like I said, this is part of the, um, uh, this is part of the trans privilege. They talk about white privilege. I walked out, I was in Walmart the other day. That was pretty funny to me. I was in Walmart. I was walking into Walmart and, uh, <clears throat> I saw this, uh, this car pull in as a, as a, like a Mercedes or something. And this black couple gets out man and a woman nicely dressed. And actually they were walking out of Walmart. So they walked out of Walmart this black woman, this black man, nicely dressed, got into their Mercedes, got in their Mercedes and drove away just about the same time a car pulls in and it gets out and it's a white couple, uh, 
a white couple, just younger. This other couple was older, but this younger, this other couple was younger and they had a child. Anyway, it was like a Toyota or something like that. I mean, it was a, it was not a, it was not a new Toyota. It was kind of a later model Toyota. And the guy looked like maybe he had just been working in the yard and, you know, they just had on regular clothes, but these other couple, this black couple, they were dressed really nicely. Like they had maybe just, they're going somewhere, going to dinner or something, you know, whatever. It has nothing to do with anything other than saying the black people who got into that car are oppressed by the white people who got into the other car or got out of the other car. If we are to believe the left narrative of America and how America works. So white privilege, that those two people that got out with that child and they had that older car were dressed not nicely. I mean, they were dressed like they were working around the yard or something like that, but they weren't dressed, you know, really nicely. Not that they couldn't ever be that way, but they just weren't this time. Those people, by their nature, if we are to believe Ibram X. Kendi, were oppressing those black people that got into that Mercedes. Now, imagine how stupid I would look if I had stopped them in the street and said, look, I just want to make a little notification in case you guys aren't woke. Okay. And I would have walked up to the black people and I would have said, look, just so you know, you guys are oppressed. Uh, this country sucks. This country is racist. You guys, because of your skin color, are never going to make it. And if you're not already, you need to be a part of the Democrat Party and a part of whatever leftist, leftist activist group the Democrat Party refers you to so that maybe you can try to get some of the American dream. And then I would have said, okay, and you're free to go. And then I walk over to the white people and I say to them, uh, I need to stop you for a second because I got to let you know, you guys are oppressing those black people that just left because of your skin color. Your skin color in and of itself is oppressive. And your daughter, your child here is two years old. You need to start telling her and letting her know that she's oppressing others too at school based on her skin color. That's the kind of, and you say, well, that sounds ridiculous. Like Rush used to say, you have to illustrate ridiculousness by being ridiculous. You have to illustrate absurdity by being absurd. And the absurdity is, is that here and now in this country, what I just described to you is exactly what is the official policy of the establishment? And that is, is that there is systemic racism in our country such that it makes it impossible, nearly impossible for people to attain a certain status because of their skin color. And we are also simultaneously supposed to believe that it's because of the other people of the other skin color that this is happening. And those people have to be making it. Those people have to make amends. You, you white people have to make amends. And you have to start with being an anti-racist. You have to start with buying Ibram X. Kendi's book. You have to start with apologizing. You have to start with feeling guilty. And that's how you start with it. I remember a long time ago, back when Bill Maher was on, I forgot what it was on. Maybe it was HBO still. I don't remember. Anyway, it was on something called Politically Correct. Incorrect, sorry. He was on something called Politically Incorrect, which was supposed to be Politically Incorrect. Excuse me. Well, it turns out it was basically... 75, 85% political correctness with a little bit of political incorrectness thrown in. And uh, so that's what they called it politically incorrect as if it was some type of libertarian free for all where everything goes. It wasn't that at all. Politically incorrect, like I said, carried the uh, mainstream garden variety uh, neoliberal liberalism of the day. And with a little bit of just a little bit of, uh, 
non-liberal stuff thrown in. Anyway, they had Ted Nugent on one time. He was on there. He used to be on there a lot. Ted Nugent, big right-wing guy, likes guns, uh, you know, likes likes Donald Trump, you know, doesn't hide, doesn't apologize for it. Anyway, Ted Nugent, NRA board, he's on there and he's talking and there's this woman who comes and she's talking actually. There's this woman on the panel she's talking. I don't know it was, some white woman. And she says, they were talking about race and she says to Bill Maher, you know, I find myself coming up to black people in the supermarket and telling them, you know, I'm sorry for uh, for your struggles. And I, I apologize for what our people have done. And Ted Nugent looked at her as if he wanted to uh, make her a one of the uh, um, things in his in his um, next to the deer's heads in his um, in his lodge. And he said, you he said something to the effect of you're a complete imbecile. You are a moron. I think he may have used a expletive. Uh, you are something stupid. Anyway, the point of it is, is that's the way that they want you to feel. And that's the way the mainstream liberal garden variety liberals think that you should feel. You should feel like based on your skin color that you're guilty. Basically, you're guilty. But again, back to trans, trans face, this woman, this person, trans get a pass. Nothing against the trans community. I'm sure there's lots of nice trans people out there. Actually, I say that trans people get a pass. That's a lie. Nobody actually gets a pass less. First of all, you, you go down that very important first branch of the algorithm. And the first branch of the algorithm says that you have to be liberal. And what I mean is, is that there's such a thing as liberal privilege, left wing privilege. First of all, you have to be non non conservative. You have to be basically a leftist or going that way in order to get the first pass. Because if not, you will be quickly thrown overboard as a heretic. And uh, so the, the, like I was saying about trans privilege, not every trans person has privilege. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner, formerly known as Bruce Jenner, is a trans person who has started this movement against trans men competing against trans uh, competing against women. So he's starting a organization that says, I don't want to have to have biological men who have become women, quote unquote, through surgery or hormones or whatever the case is, or just by identifying as most men do. Most of these transgender athletes have, have not gone the whole way as you, so to speak, which in my mind, that's what makes you a transgender not how you feel or what uh, you have to have done the whole thing in order to be a transgender in my mind, but whatever the case is, that, that's neither here nor there, but there's men out there walking around with penises and gonads and testicles tucked away or maybe not tucked away swimming against men. Leah Thomas is an example. Leah Thomas is a man. Leah Thomas has a penis. Leah Thomas has big, broad shoulders. Leah Thomas was a very average male swimmer, but Leah Thomas became a female in his mind and is now identifying as a female and has won awards for being a female athlete and is kicking the ass of females in swimming because like I said, but anyway, so Caitlyn Jenner is, is come out against that. And Caitlyn Jenner is not, is not going to get any type of, uh, of trans, trans privilege for that. She is not going to. 
so there is that. So you know you have so on the on the first on the first way to become privileged in America amongst the left is you have to first be a leftist. So you have to be on the left. So if you're trans and left, you're good. If you're trans and not left, like Caitlyn Jenner potentially isn't, then you're bad. And so the transgender community probably isn't all too happy about Caitlyn Jenner's move to stop, uh, stop, stop uh, trans men from erasing women's sports, basically. This is from LGBTQ Nation. Listen to how they put it here. This is from, uh, what is this? LGBTQNation.com. It says, Caitlyn Jenner enraged by trans influencers Nike deal. Stop trying to erase women. Jenner is trans and has done ad deals for clothing in the past, but when Dylan Mulvaney does the same, Jenner called it an outrage. Failed GOP gubernatorial candidate and Fox News contributor. Oops, see, there you go. So they're failed. GOP and Fox News. In the mind of the left, that's three strikes. Caitlyn Jenner took to Twitter on Thursday to rail against Nike's paid partnership with trans TikTok influencer Dylan Mulvaney, calling it a, quote, outrage. As someone who grew up in the awe of Nike founder Phil Knight, it is a shame to see such an iconic American company go woke, Jenner wrote in response to another user's tweet comparing Mulvaney's partnership with that of cis Olympic medalist Allison Felix. We can be inclusive, but not at the expense of a mass majority of people in some decency while being inclusive. This is an outrage. But anyway, so Caitlyn Jenner is not going to get trans privilege. So who else doesn't get privilege? So uh, if you're a conservative black person like Clarence Thomas, you're not going to be afforded the privileges of that. If you are a gay conservative, uh, such as Dave Rubin, you're not going to get some of the privileges afforded to gay people because of that. So that's the uh, that's the key, though. You have to be... You have to be left first. And then if you fit into certain different superficialities, then you can get privilege. What else do we have? Trying to get through it. So Jack Harris is the local, longtime local TV broadcaster, or radio broadcaster and TV personality, has been fired. And this is, this is from TampaBay.com. I didn't realize this until this morning. Tracy sent me a text and said, did you know Jack Harris had been fired? I didn't know that because I thought Jack Harris was just on vacation because a lot of times he'll go on vacation and Ryan Gorman will fill in. That's what I thought was happening, but apparently not. It says, uh, this is from TampaBay.com. A week after he was terminated as a longtime host of AM Tampa Bay for News Radio 970 WFLA, Jack Harris told the Tampa Bay Times he is not retiring from local morning radio. I'll be back, Harris said. I don't know if he said it like Arnold, but he said, I'll be back. Other stations that expressed interest in hiring him. The 81-year-old had been with WFLA on and off since 1970, including the last 29 years when he said the station informed him on March 29th that his morning program had been canceled effective immediately without a goodbye show. Isn't that something? It says that this, uh, this West Metro president of iHeart said, Jack is a local broadcast legend, blah, blah, blah. And they said that they did offer him a final show. And Harris said that was news to him. He said, they didn't offer me one. They did a few years ago when they thought I was going to retire, but not last week. So adding insult to injury, not only did they fire him without any notice, they didn't even give him a goodbye show. And then apparently, according to Jack Harris, lied when they said they did. It's really interesting, though. It's just kind of part and parcel of the way that corporate America works now. 
you know, when WFLA, when he first started with WFLA, there was no iHeartRadio. There was none of this national big corporations that we have now. I like listening to Jack Harris because he's not woke. And that's probably, I mean, honestly, that's probably what caused it. WFLA has plays Glenn Beck. They used to play Rush. They play Sean Hannity. So they're not they're not not going to play conservatives. But those are the big shows. You cannot be a successful radio station without playing them. But locally, the news to me has a flavor of uh, like most all news does of being liberal. You know, they have snarky comments talking about Republicans, this, that, and the other, talking about Ron DeSantis. They always referred to the uh, the uh, the what is it? The, the law that we had here in Florida is saying you cannot teach young children about sex. They always referred to it as a don't say gay bill until they were, you know, everybody was kind of called out. Then they called it the so-called don't say gay bill. But they, you know, they're always got this left wing bent to them. So I'm not surprised that the local show now is not going to be with Jack Harris anymore, which is fine with me because I don't, I mean, I, I find, I listen to Jack Harris wherever he shows up and I don't really listen to, uh, News rate uh, 970, except for the nationally syndicated shows. And they can be got anywhere, you know, now with the Internet. They can be got with, you know, the naps. Uh, what else we have here in Florida? DeSantis signs bill allowing concealed carry without a permit. Some people call this constitutional carry, but some people don't because they say constitutional carry is basically says the Constitution has a Second Amendment. The Second Amendment says um in order for there to be a well-regulated militia, the the rights of the citizens to bear arms should not be infringed upon. And then you read that and you're like, all right, well, then I'm going to go outside. And then you strap on your gun and you walk around with it. That's what they say constitutional carry is. Probably what this is better called is permitless carry, legal permitless carry. So basically, and it's a permitless concealed carry, which is interesting. So you can have permitless concealed carry here in Florida now, so if you have a weapon, you can walk around with it concealed without having a concealed permit. Uh, it says it does not eliminate the laws against people who are allowed to have a gun anyway. And there's different reasons you're not allowed to own a gun anyway, like felonies and things of that nation, nature. Uh, but it says here that the, uh, the news release for the legislation notes that, and this is from CNN, it says the news release for the legislation notes that it quote leaves in place the current licensing process and background screening so that those who choose to obtain a permit for reciprocity or other purposes are free to do so. So that's if you want to go to a different state that doesn't have reciprocity or that has reciprocity, if you have a permit, you're going to still need to get a permit. We went to North Carolina two what was it last week or a week, two weeks ago. I don't know. Anyway, we went to North Carolina and, um, I took my um, I took my uh, carry weapon, which is a a thirty eight <clears throat> thirty eight special, and uh, we took it in North Carolina, and um, it has reciprocity with Florida. So now, with this law, if m- once my permit expires, if I wanted to go back to ter- North Carolina, at least as of now, I would have to have my permit in order to carry there because they don't have permitless carry or constitutional carry. You need to have a concealed permit. If you have a concealed permit, then they honor your Florida concealed permit through reciprocity. But if you don't have a concealed carry permit here in Florida, you're not going to be allowed to carry there without. So that's a thing to be considered to consider if you're out there saying, well, I'm not going to get a permit anymore. If you still have a concealed permit, you may still want to keep it. 
It's easier to keep it, really it is, than to get it again. Because to get it again, you have to go through a bunch of hoops and blah, blah, blah. It's easier just probably just to pay the pay the fine, as it were, and get your concealed permit, at least until those states that you want to go to also adopt um, permitless carrier, constitutional carry. But there's a lot of there are a lot of states that have permitless carry. Um, Florida was one of the last ones to get it that you would have thought. You know, here's here's a little. I don't know if you can see that on the. So that's those states in green. Oh, I can't really see that. Those states in green have permitless carry or constitutional carry. The states in orange have permit required, and then. There's a state, only North Dakota says permitless carry for residents only. So Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Arkansas, West Virginia, Ohio, Illinois. I'm sorry, not Illinois, Indiana, Missouri, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas. All those have permitless carry. So you can travel from Florida through Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, if you don't go into Louisiana without a permit. Louisiana has a permit required. And then you go into the where the uh, the liberal people live. Oops, and it's all permit required. And then get that permit is probably not easy. But that's it. That's an update <clears throat> on permits. So if you're out there and you want to carry now, uh, feel free. Uh, but you should also know what you're doing first. Um, this is here's some more of this. Uh, about this, though, it says critics of the legislation have openly opposed the expansion of gun rights, calling it, quote, dangerous and have spoken out about the bill passing in the wake of Nashville shooting that killed three children and three adults at a Christian school. Now, listen to this. This person gets it absolutely wrong. This shows you how how it's interesting. If you if you if you just look at it or think about it differently, just listen to this. Democratic state sh- uh, senator. Chevron Jones tweeted, now this is in response to the Nashville shooting, guns are killing our children and tearing families apart. It's not books, it's not drag queens, it's not even wokeness, it's guns. Even with the loss of these precious lives, the Florida legislature is still pressing forward with its permitless carry bill. It's a damn shame. So in the mind of Democrat Senator uh, Chevron Jones, this person who was found in this state of disarray. Once entering home, there was trash piled up all around the house to where it made it hard to walk inside. There are numerous containers filled with half-eaten food, with mold growing inside, and numerous alcoholic beverages containers. And uh, this person, though, would have not done anything if the law, if, if there was no guns around. They would have not done anything dangerous because, as you know from reading this, this person had it all together. And it was just the availability of guns that was going to cause this person to do something that was irrational. So in the minds of uh, Senator Jones, in the mind of Senator Jones, it's just a gun, the gun itself. And if I, and I have to tell him something, I assume it's a him. I don't want to make assumptions, but anyway, I assume uh, Senator Jones doesn't realize that there are millions of guns right now in the, in the hands of private citizens throughout this country. And none of those guns have ever been used to commit a crime. None. The amount of guns that are out there in the community right now, 
which are doing nothing except sitting there or being used in a nonviolent way, unless it's in the, in self-defense, that there's very few guns out there being used for crime. And the, the idea that if, if we were just to limit guns or somehow pass another gun law, that school shootings wouldn't happen is, I think you're missing the point of what causes school shootings. First of all, people who shoot up schools are evil. People who shoot up schools have been deranged. People who shoot up schools are either psychopaths or otherwise maladjusted people. And what causes that? There's a variety of things that cause that. Most of what causes that, though, is our crappy culture, our terrible, non-spiritual culture. Our culture is so rotten in America. Back in the 60s and 70s, people used to ride around with guns in the back of their cars. People used to go to schools with guns in their cars because they're going to go hunting after school. And they didn't have school shootings. So the idea that this is somehow a relation to a, a gun availability is missing the point entirely. It is because of the rotten culture that we have. It's because of the rotten ass media that we have pushing rotten culture. It's because of the uh, lack of spirituality in our country. It's because of just the divisiveness that has been driven by the media and by politicians in order to attain power. You know, I was reading this thing with or watching this thing on the Roman Republic talking about the Roman Republic and you can see how the Roman Republic just started to kind of kind of disintegrate as the people who were in charge sought more and more and more power and they were no longer trying to do things for the good of the for the good of the country for the good of the the Roman the Roman Republic things were being done for the good of people and things are being done now for the good of people for the good of politicians you know this whole thing about Donald Trump indicting Trump this is all being done for the good of the Democrat party. And this is an article or this is a, this is something that's been on the internet now because they, they said, well, this, this is shows that the government's corrupt and they're working to stop Trump from uh, trying to become president. And this is, this is the, the current occupant of the white house, uh, Joe Biden. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power. Um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our constitution, does not become the next president again. Uh, let's play that again because can hardly understand what he's saying. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power. Um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our constitution, does not become the next president again. Anyway, that's uh, that's actually from November. It says this was from November after the midterms in response to a question on Trump running again and not the indictment. Anyway, but <clears throat> the point of it is, is that that's what the media is for is basically the media wants to stop Trump from running again or the media wants to take people who are for Trump, who want to vote for Trump, make them not want to vote for Trump or vote for anybody at all and defeat them politically. But the thing is, is the media is not supposed to do that. The media is not in the business of choosing winners and losers. The media is supposed to be in the business of promotion of truth, promotion of information and letting people understand things so they can be informed citizens. But the media works in concert with the, the government and the social media, and they all work to kind of pick and choose what you're supposed to believe and allow you to believe and allow you and what you're exposed to and form a narrative that you're supposed to follow. 
Um, but um, that's that's uh, that's what we're faced with. Those we're, we're faced with this this problem, though, where our our country is being led by people who are not virtuous, and there's no reward for non-virtuous people to do the right thing either. You know, Milton Friedman said before that you don't, you cannot expect to elect the right people to office and then have them do the right things because those people don't run for office. Generally people who want to run for office and have power aren't necessarily the right people you'd want to be making decisions. But what you have to do is you have to make the people who are there who may or may not be virtuous do the right things politically. But we have this lack of, uh, like we talked about last last week, the American IQ is dwindling. The American IQ is going down. People are not engaged. People don't understand uh, basics about the government and how the government's supposed to work. And they're being fed things that make them continue to be this way, make them continue to be ignorant, make them continue to be uninformed, you know, they talk about the low information voter. I was listening to Clay and Buck yesterday, and they were talking about how um, independents now are, they're going to hear about the Trump indictment. And that's going to make them not want to vote for Trump because they're going to say, well, we don't want to vote for him because of, um, you know, he's in trouble. And they're not going to take the time to say, well, maybe the indictment's bullshit. Maybe the indictment is purely political theater. Maybe the indictment doesn't, would never have come. I mean, uh, where is it? An article here from, this is from Victor Davis Hanson from American Greatness. And he just goes through the things that Trump didn't do. So Trump's indicted basically for saying uh, these payments to Stormy Daniels were something rather than what they were. So that's, that's the gist of it. I don't even know what the indictment is. And actually, if you look at it, the indictment doesn't even say what the crime is that he did. There was a crime tied to another crime. They don't say what the other crime is. Anyway, I'm no legal and uh, expert, but that's basically what I've deciphered is this, this indictment is not worth the uh, paper it's written on. This indictment had, has as much chance of uh, surviving appeal as uh, Brian Stelter has a chance of picking up a woman in a bar or anywhere. Anyway, it says, this is from the article from Victor Davis Hanson. It says, indict one and all, question mark. And this is some of the things that says Trump didn't do. So, or to put it another way, what crime Trump did Trump not do that others did while either impunity or without with, okay, I'm sorry. What crime did Trump not do that others did with either impunity or without being arrested? Here's a sample of 20. Trump did not violate federal laws. Hillary Clinton did by destroying federally subpoenaed emails and devices in order to hide evidence. Trump did not violate laws Hillary Clinton did by sending classified government communications on her own through a homebrewed secure server. Trump did not violate federal laws Hillary Clinton did by hiring three through three paywalls a foreign national who was prohibited from working on presidential campaigns to compile a dossier to smear her presidential opponent. Trump did not hide payments as legal services as Hillary Clinton did to Christopher Steele through bookkeeping deceptions. Trump did not, as Bill Clinton did, use a crony to search out high-paying New York job for a paramour in order to influence her testimony before a special counsel. Trump did not, as Bill Clinton did, receive a $500,000 honorarium for speaking in Moscow, while his wife, our Secretary of State, our Secretary of State, 
It proved a long-standing, lucrative des- desire of Kremlin for North American uranium to be sold at a, a Russian consortium. So all these things happen, and this is, it goes on and on and on and on. But see, like Clay and Buck said, when your average independent voter hears that Trump was indicted, they're like, ooh, he's a bad guy. But see, the, 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 the media tells them he's a bad guy, but the media never told them uh, Hillary Clinton did a bad thing by destroying these devices. Hillary Clinton did a bad thing by using uh, unsecured server. Uh, Joe Biden, it says that Trump did not boast publicly as Joe Biden did that he used U.S. foreign aid monies as leverage to have the Ukrainian government fire a prosecutor who may have been looking into Biden's family efforts to sell influence into corrupt Ukrainian interests. So all that, it keeps on going on and on and on. Anyway, it's, but that's the thing is the government doesn't want people informed. The media doesn't want people informed. Uh, Social media works to not inform people. Social media works with the government to restrict any truth telling so that people who remain, who are ignorant, remain ignorant. See, see COVID. uh, See, see Hunter Biden's laptop. You know, that's what the, that's what Hoover's boys were working with Twitter on most recently. If you tried to, uh, if you tried to, um, if you tried to uh, reveal that, then you were banned from Twitter by the, at the behest of the government, at behest of uh, Twitter's boys, or I'm sorry, Hoover's boys through Twitter. You know, if you were to, if you were going to try to show that, you know, like they were talking about earlier today on um, Mike Gallagher, they have shown now that the Department of Energy says that the uh, COVID started from a lab leak in Wuhan, China. Well, who knew? But if you had said that before, you would have been banned. But the government has a vested interest in you being remaining ignorant of, of you remaining uninformed. The media reinforces this by pumping out narratives that either tell you the wrong thing or make you believe something that's not true necessarily. And the uh, social media works with the government in order to suppress any types of uh, sharing of information by independent sources like myself of things that are not to the, to the narrative of the establishment. That's what we have to fight against. You know, it's not enough to just go on and say, well, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. What are we going to do? Well, we're just going to throw up our hands and say this sucks and, uh, and, and wait for the demise of the republic. You can't do that. You have to do your part, whatever it may be. And it may be informing your, your family members who are uninformed or whatever the case is. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the citizenry. And if the citizenry rejects uh, this, this, this push to do away with individual sovereignty, to do away with, um, to do away with the, the Bill of Rights, to do away with the Constitution, to do with the constitutional liberties, and to go to this kind of floating amorphous, well, the, the current, the current, uh, the current, the current rights that you have or whatever we feel like you're going to have now because the government says that you're entitled to, you're entitled to, you know, transgender surgeries, maybe, maybe you're entitled to, uh, whatever the case is, you're, you're entitled to things that we say you are instead of having this concrete thing that says this is a constitution. This is what the constitution says you're entitled to. And this is what the constitution says the government is limited to doing. That's the key. The constitution limits the government. And if we don't know that, and if people around us don't know that, then it's going to be a losing effort to try to explain to people how things aren't, uh, how, how things aren't going the right way because it'll be too late by then. You, you're, you're not going to be able to put all of that 
sand back in the hourglass once it's broken because it's just it's too late. You have to start with some basic knowledge about the Constitution. You have to start with some basic knowledge about what causes things. And you can't just be led by your emotions like the senator, uh, whatever his name was, saying that the guns are the one that's the reason that caused crime. Now we have to ban guns because banning guns is the first step towards any authoritarian taking over. One last thing before we leave. This is the school administ- uh, school shooter who is six years old. This is from uh, a few months ago. A six-year-old boy shot a teacher, uh, and you all heard about this. She survived. She is now suing the school district because she says that there was um, some indications that this child was going to do this before, and apparently this child uh, was having a lot of problems beforehand and she is now suing for $40 million. And this is from dailypress.com. Rich neck teacher files $40 million lawsuit against Newport news schools, administrators for shooting overshooting by six year old. It says here, Abigail Zwerner 25 contends the first graders warning, uh, sorry, first graders alarming past behavior should have led to heightened safety precautions at the school. Instead, the complaint says rich necks assistant principal ignored three strikes Three stark warnings that the boy had a gun. Rich Neck's assistant principal, Ebony Parker, would not even look at Zwerner when she expressed concerns about how the six-year-old was acting that morning. Complaint says Parker wouldn't allow the boy to be searched even after other students told the boy told teachers the boy had a gun. Um, it's the responsibility of the defendants to supervise the boy, control him, remove him when necessary for the safety of others. And to search him for the firearm that they knew to be in his possession, says the complaint filed Monday in the Newport News Circuit Court. And it says here, failing to act on the urgent threat, the lawsuit says shows a reckless disregard for the safety of all the persons on the premises. It says in the first grade classroom just before 2 p.m. as Zwerner sat at a reading table and the boy at his desk, he suddenly pulled out a gun out of his front hoodie pocket, pointed at his teacher and fired a single round. The bullet went through Zwerner's left hand, which she held up as the boy opened fire and then struck her in the upper chest and shoulder, where it remains today. She managed to shuttle about 18 students out of the classroom before seeking help. The lawsuit provides an extensive rendition of what Zwerner's attorneys say happened that day. The six-year-old had a history of random violence with the boy attacking students and teachers alike, the complaint says. During kindergarten at Rich Neck a year before, the lawsuit says the boy strangled and choked the teacher and inappropriately touched a female student who had fallen in the playground. The boy was soon moved from Rich Neck to uh, Dinbai Early Childhood Center. He came back to Rich Neck to start first grade. He was soon put on a modified schedule after cursing at staffers and, quote, chasing students around the playground with a belt in order to whip them with it. Under the new plan, one of the boy's parents was required to accompany him at school every day. Uh, it says, on January 4th, two days before the shooting, the boy gra- grabbed Zwerner's phone and refused to give it back, the complaint says. He then slammed the cell phone on the ground so hard that it cracked and shattered. He got a one-day suspension that day, uh, sorry, that he served on January 5th. The next day, his mother dropped him off at school, but he didn't But didn't stay like they're supposed to. It goes on to say that they, uh, then they said, look, this, this kid said he had a gun. The uh, assistant principal refused to search him uh, all over because they searched his backpack and didn't see a gun. And apparently he had it in his, in his uh, hoodie pocket. And the, the <clears throat> it says the reading specialist went to Parker's office, relayed what had transpired. She said the boy might have a gun. The complaint says Parker took no action, saying the boy's pockets were, quote, too small to hold a gun. And then he shot her, shot that teacher. 
And she stayed in the hospital, I think it says, for 10 days. She's lucky to be alive. It shot her in the chest. It was a 9mm torse. Now, okay. This is great illustration of our problems. Okay. Teacher shot in the chest by a six-year-old. CNN's slash Democrat Party slash Senator whatever his name was slash uh, whatever uh, gun control group you want to name. Their rendition of this story. Okay, you ready? Uh, Six-year-old shoots teacher because he had access to a nine-millimeter gun. We need to ban guns. The end. That's it. That's it. Only problem here was this gun. A nine-year-old, or sorry, a six-year-old shot a teacher because a nine-millimeter gun existed. And to the to the establishment, left establishment, and the media, and the Democrat Party, and uh, gun control groups, this is what the problem was. Is a nine-millimeter was around a six-year-old. The six-year-old got it, shot his teacher. We need to ban nine-millimeters. The end of story. Nothing to say about the teachers who uh, are the, the school administrators who ignored the bad behavior. Nothing to say what this bad behavior is caused by. They don't say anything about this child's home life. It is almost 100% likely that this six-year-old has a huge, uh, there is a huge government involvement in his life. I almost guarantee that this six-year-old has government welfare programs, is probably on government welfare programs for economic reasons, for health reasons. I am sure also that this person's uh, not going to a, a church regularly. And I, I, I assure you that if this ever came out, that there is there are multiple things that are, are in this child's life that are promoted by the left-wing establishment culture that we have. On top of the fact that it is not in the interest of school administrators. I've talked to teachers who have quit teaching. It says that administrators don't have their backs. Administrators let kids get away with everything. Uh, They don't have their backs. And this is a big problem in schools. So this child had a history of violence. He's probably had a lot of bad things happen to him. Obviously, at six years old, he's chasing children around with a belt in an effort to whip them with it. I wonder where he learned that. He's, he's destroying property. He's being only suspended for one day after destroying property. He has a gun that he has access to, apparently, because his somebody in his family had a gun, apparently, and did not properly secure it. So all of this, though, is to be ignored. And the only thing that we're supposed to concentrate on is there was a 9mm gun. We need to ban guns, and that will solve everything. Anyway, that's it for this this uh, today. And if uh, you want to join us, go to drtommy.com slash podcast. If you want to come in and talk to us about our medical program here, we have a freedom-oriented medical practice, just like we have a freedom-oriented medical program. I'm sorry, uh, freedom-oriented medical practice, just like we have a freedom-oriented podcast. And uh, if you're interested in that, then we're interested in talking to you. So until next time, have a good weekend, and we will see you later. Bye-bye.